Before dawn, milk cows work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C. and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And today I'm joined by Leonora Kubota. Hello, Leonor. Good morning, Scott. So our intro was pretty loud. I don't think I monitored that volume correctly, but we got it right. Oh, good. Yeah. So it's just an intro. Um, hopefully the outro will be so much better. Hopefully. So, uh, what are your thoughts, Leonora? You haven't weighed in this week on the Scott Adams show, so this is my your thoughts on, on what uh, on <laughs> the, the raid, raid. The raid. Oh, well, of course, I think it's what we've been uh, talking uh, about uh, all week. I think it's a horrible uh, misuse of justice and a horrible misuse of both the resources of the FBI and the DOJ. And again, as we all keep saying, this shows that there are two um, forms of justice being dealt out. Hillary Clinton can have a server in her basement, an illegal server, and very little is done about that. But a former president, the, his home is raided, and we find, and, and they refuse to use the word raid, but when I say they, I mean the people that are actually doing the word that they don't use, the people who did the raiding or authorized it. I think that um, you, you see that happening. And, of course, Hunter Biden, I mean, the son of the uh, current president, the refusal to you know follow the narrative that was emerging about him is, you know, it shows that, you know, as we said, two, two forms of justice are being dealt out. And what we do here is that President Trump and his legal team were fully cooperating with those boxes. There wasn't any attempt to not work with the DOJ or work with the FBI on this. If stuff had been taken in error or whatever the story was, they, they had their full cooperation. They even uh, they even put additional locks on things. They they were doing everything that they were told to do. This was just an attempt to uh, do some type of almost uh, a perk 
a perp walk of President Trump. This was to try to create the idea. The closest that this, thing, hopefully, they'll ever get to Hopefully, a perp walk. hopefully. But that's what they were trying to do. That was the visual <laughs> they were trying to give you. They were trying to create an idea that this man is guilty of something, and we're going to find out what it is, and we're going to go through his home and tear it apart. They've been doing that for six years. And they've been doing that for six years. They were doing it with other people, other Russia? members of his legal team. Well, they were going after him on a regular basis the through, all the diff- call? through all the different— through all the um, narratives that you've been mentioning, but then they also went after people who worked for him, legal members of his legal team, other people, Rudy Giuliani, uh, all these other people that uh, Steve Peter Bannon, N- Peter Navarro, Peter Navarro, all these people, his were, own attorneys, his own attorneys, and this is just let's go, let's go for the very top, let's go after Trump, and you know why they're doing it right now? They're doing it right now because Joe Biden looks weak, the economy is not doing well at all, and uh, you know on top of that, you've got Trump. You know, winning all these straw polls for presidency, you know, when you see Forget about winning just the straw polls. He's winning with his endorsements in every primary. And they don't want to be going up against uh, 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 the Lake... Carrie Lake. Carrie Lake. Carrie Lake. Lake. They don't want to be going up against these MAGA America first uh, candidates. This is their worst nightmare coming true. That's what you see happening here is you see President Trump rising and they got to come up, come up with a way to change the story, cut him down to size and also get the story away from the falling economy. Do you ever notice their their truths are lies? Yeah, of course. Um, you know, they're going around right now doing victory laps over zero percent inflation. That means it just <laughs> didn't get worse in the month of July. Yeah. It's been it's been tanking and tanking hey, for, since uh, Biden took office. Folks, it's seven point one percent inflation over when Trump law left. Yeah. When Trump left office, it was somewhere like one point seven percent. Now yeah. it's uh, eight point five percent. It's 7.1, I read this number, it's 7.1% higher than when Trump left office. And they're saying it's 0% inflation. Yet, you still have to pay an arm and a leg for bacon, gas, everything else in between. Uh, Housing market's about to collapse. And that is going to be the biggest story of probably the the, uh, next, I would say the next 18 months. The biggest story isn't going to be the uh, price of gasoline. It's going to be the the price of the value of your house and how people are going to be paying higher interest rates um, or higher mortgage rates and uh, and what the Fed is going to do. You know, they made serious mistakes and now we're all going to pay for it. Um, this this uh, inflation act, this climate change bill that's going through the house right now is going to dramatically impact dramatically impact uh, the dollar in, in a way that de- devalues the dollar and it's going to lend itself to more inflation but the reason why they're doing it the reason why they're doing it is because they want to kick this can down the road until past the election yeah. everything they're doing right now Think about the timing of this raid. I wouldn't. I w- uh, it's just before Lisa Murkowski, and it's just before Liz Cheney are going into mm-hmm. the uh, polls. And Liz Cheney right now, and Lisa Murkowski are running on the anti-Trump, never-Trump platform. 
And basically, if they could have thrown Trump in jail or they could have made Trump look like a look like a thug or look like a criminal, then they would have had maybe a better chance. And one tells me, too, that my gut tells me that maybe maybe the Ivana Trump death, her passing unexpectedly may have thrown off the timing of their raid. Yeah. In such a way that uh, they have to do the raid and then they have to go through the boxes and they have to uh, plant evidence and and make up an indictment of some sort. And none of that's going to happen before Liz Cheney and Lisa Murkowski get their beat down in their primaries. And I think there's a connection there. I think that the timing is all political. And it's always all political. Yeah, and I, I think that um, they're doing everything they can to devalue and discredit Trump's message. Yeah. And we have a, we have a, he just put out a new ad that's a little short of four minutes. One of the most powerful ads I think I've ever seen. It looks like a presidential ad. It looks like he's running for president. And most people want him to become a candidate officially so that so that they can um, so that he could be off limits to the Biden regime and his military could stop a like Stasi IRS, uh, the New York State AG, uh, the FBI and the corrupt Merrick Garland DOJ. And I think that they want to do that, but he doesn't need to do that. Because he's innocent. Whether they plant evidence or not, he's innocent. It was the government services agency, GSA, that sent these boxes to Mar-a-Lago. There won't be any fingerprints on these. And, you know, when you take a look at uh, Berger, Sandy Berger. Yeah. He claimed a misdemeanor on classified documents that he took out Mm -hmm. intentionally stuffed them in his socks yeah and he didn't get anything happen to him now they're making up this thing about nuclear codes and nuclear classified documents the apex of classification but trump is saying go ahead and release the the reason for the warrant right yeah and and we learned yesterday uh when we were listening to uh, a couple of his attorneys uh they're they're basically we're going to play a clip today um and and basically they're saying the affidavit is really what you want. Yeah. Take this for example. Remember the um, impeachment call, the yeah. call with Zelensky, the Ukraine, yeah. the uh, the corrupt globalist, yeah, ty- tyrannical leader of Ukraine, yeah, that basically shut down his opposition party and uh, st- uh, shut down all the media that wasn't state run. Right. You know, basically democracy. Right. Yeah. And we're giving billions of dollars to launder and fuel, you know, pay off the oligarchs that needed their 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 uh, pay. Yeah. And all the politicians that are getting kickbacks and palm greasing mm-hmm. in Ukraine. That's what that's about. And they're producing the world's wheat, and they're producing a lot of other things that impact cha- uh, supply chains and food supplies, and. Uh, you know, we knew that going in, just like we knew that the shutdown for COVID would have ruined the economy and caused all this economic turmoil. But, um, 
if you take a look at that call, mm-hmm. who was the guy that was listening in on that call? The guy that was listening in on that call was Alexander Vindman. Yeah. And then he was connected with Fiona Hill and George Kent. And he was connected with um, Bill Taylor and um, Marie Yovanovitch. Mm-hmm. Um, all these liberals, deep staters, that were working in and out of the State Department and with the national security apparatus. And they were working as so-called diplomats in Ukraine. They were protecting. They were protecting Burisma, where Hunter Biden was getting rich off of Burisma. They were also strong-arming Poroshenko. Yeah. And they were extorting and saying, we're not going to give you the billion dollars unless you fire the prosecutor. And then we were still trying to figure out about CrowdStrike, and we were trying to figure out about Mark Elias and all of their connections and all their fraud in the 2016 election and all the corruption that was going on in the Obama administration. And incidentally, Obama has 33 million classified documents in his possession. They never once knocked on his door. They never once broke into Michelle's uh, dressing room and tore her clothes. Yeah. Well, that went through Melania's wardrobe. I mean, again, this is a way of trying to demean President Trump and demean the former first lady. But what we're talking about is the affidavit. Yeah. And Alexander Vindman came up with the the, uh, affidavit. He was basically the one that wrote the script to engage in the... uh, engage in the uh, the uh, impeachment hoax. And so he was listening in on the call and he talked to two people. He talked to George Kent and he talked to a CIA guy named Eric Ciaramella whose name, if you post it on Facebook, you'll get banned instantly on Facebook. Why? I have no idea. But Eric Ciaramella uh, was also the lover of a guy uh, named Sean Misko, who was on Adam Schiff's investigation team. And he also was good buddies with Mike Carpenter and Jake Sullivan and traveled with Biden's crew over in Italy and elsewhere and engaged in all this corruption. And here it was that Biden also sat on the... Uh, the meeting that was related to the unmasking of General Flynn, who was talking with um, the Russian uh, Russian counter his Russian counterpart. So you know, and then they uh, basically used Flynn as a as a uh, as a guy where uh, Comey sent two guys over to talk with Flynn alone in a room. And even Trump's whole crew of attorneys said, that's a mistake. You don't know, I don't know whether Flynn, a lifelong Democrat, did that on purpose or he was just that dumb. But regardless, he should have never found himself alone with two rogue FBI agents who planted evidence by doctoring the 302s and their account of what was said in that meeting that pinched General Flynn. So General Flynn was the first one to get fired out of the Trump administration. But it was Alexander Vindman's affidavit. What he wrote up was false. 
he he twisted words and embellished the meaning of things and twisted the words from the transcripts of the call they didn't think that they recorded the call and they didn't think that he was going to re- Trump was going to release the call and Alexander Vindman had to backtrack on that so when they went after Trump the uh the uh the warrant is one thing right but it's the affidavit the testimony to get the warrant and who gave the testimony that is actually absolutely uh essential so when Merrick Garland says he's going to release the warrant he also has to release all the documents associated with the warrant who the who gave the testimony what the affidavits actually said and what the parameters of that warrant are and I don't think they're going to do that because they're lying and not only that but the documents that they would have sent were in boxes under a lock that the FBI prescribed. And what's even more sinister and what's more concerning is that Trump has a Secret Service team that is tipping off the Biden administration. Where can you go? Is the GSA, did the GSA, who the general, uh, the government services agency, when they ship up all the documents that Trump wants, puts them in boxes and ships them down to Mar-a-Lago, did they slip in a few documents and mark them in a certain box for this day? Yeah. Did they do that on purpose? Because if the FBI is corrupt and the Lois Lerner run IRS, remember when Lois Lerner was a fixer? Uh, and the FBI with Christopher Ray and the DOJ with Merrick Garland uh, is being run worse than even Eric Holder did. Incidentally, Eric Holder's law firm is the one that Flynn chose for representation. I don't know why he did that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That didn't make any sense either. So it tells me that some fishy stuff was going on there. But in any case, um, you know, it was Covington and Burling, if you want to look it up. But um, in any case, the, uh, the whole apparatus, you can't trust the government. So... Who's to say GSA didn't slip in a few documents way back and then they needed this for a rainy day? Trump may not have even known that there was a nuclear classified document in one of those boxes. Do you think Trump just sits around and looks through all these boxes? I doubt it. And not only that, but they were working effectively and cordially up until June And it was during this time that Trump was suing, suing Hillary Clinton in a lawsuit where the Bruce Reinhart judge, the magistrate that signed off on this, was actually a presiding judge in that case until he recused himself for conflict of interest. And when he recused himself in June, which was the last time that they were working with the FBI, uh, they recused himself. Um, then uh, the case related to Hillary Clinton, that case was about to get dismissed by the new judge. And Trump put a denial of dismissal and engaged that in the case. And the next, very next day, August 4th, was when this magistrate, Bruce Reinhardt, 
actually, the, the guy who supported all of Jeffrey Epstein's colleagues and the guy uh, represented as an attorney, all of Jeffrey Epstein's uh, circle and donated to the Obama regime campaign uh, funds, uh, signed off on this warrant, signed off on the warrant. You know, Joe Biden said this once upon a time. Let's take a quick listen to some of these sound clips. If it's legal, we'll do it. We'll do it. If it's not legal, we'll figure out how to change the law. So if it's legal, we'll do it. If it's not legal, we'll figure out a way to change the law. That sounds then, like Joe. And then here's Joe when everybody wanted to get access to the Delaware, University of Delaware where he has 1,800 plus boxes of documents, 1,800 plus boxes of Joe Biden's documents, way more than what Mar-a-Lago has in storage. Let's take a listen to this. Your Senate documents at the University of Delaware were supposed to go public, and then they were resealed. The access was changed. Your Senate documents that are uh, being held in Delaware, I know there's 1,800 plus boxes. Do you agree with the reporting that those records were supposed to be revealed to the public, and then they were resealed for a longer period of time until after you leave, quote, public life? I don't understand what you're, the point you're trying to make. The fact is that there's a lot of things that of speeches I've made, positions I've taken, interviews that, that, that I did overseas with people, all of those things relating to my job. But it does have a lot of confidential conversations that I had with the president about a particular issue that I had with the heads of state of other places. The University of Delaware is filled with board members who have personal and financial ties. Reports Wednesday detailed the close relationship between Biden and current chairman of the Delaware board. John Cochran. Cochran is a longtime Biden donor and former CEO of MBNA, the second largest issuer of Visa and MasterCards in the U.S. The MBNA, where Cochran was vice chairman at the time, went on to hire Biden's son, Hunter, for a lucrative job as a consultant. Along with Biden's ties to Cochran and the credit card industry, at least seven other current Delaware board members have consistently and significantly donated to Biden's campaign, including fellow board member and Delaware's governor, John Carney. So obviously that was a dated piece, yes. but still, nevertheless, nevertheless, uh, you know, rules for thee, not, not for, for me. me. You know, that's the uh, that's the kind of thing, though, that uh, we're dealing with with the Biden administration. Um, and uh, let's see. OK, I wanted to play this uh, clip from Harmeet Dillon and see what she had to say. She's one of <laughs> she's now the third uh attorney uh, that we've heard from uh, from the Trump team. He's loaded with attorneys and most of these people were with him or there on the on the Monday raid. Oh, it's not a raid, right? We're not supposed to call it a raid. We're well, I'm calling it a raid. Well, oh, Just well, like Trump said, it's an anchor baby. That was a raid. Yeah. Well, no, we're in a recession, but no, no, we're not in a no, recession. That's not a recession. Okay. Not the definition we've had for a, for a recession for many decades. No. And and you're not a girl. You're a what? What are you? What's your pronoun today? I'm, I'm she and her and hers. All right. I'm not this nonsense, you know, and, and it's and guess what? It's not my choice. Yeah. I was bo- I was born with female biological parts. I have a female name. Do you know I'm what a, a woman. woman is, by the way. I'm a woman. 
<laughs> no, I, I'm tired of this nonsense. I mean, this is just ridiculous. You just can't decide what you're going to be. Yeah. It's absolutely crazy, the world we're living in right yeah. now. All right, let's take a listen to uh, Harmeet Dillon. Uh, this is uh, this is uh, recorded last night. It's important for the lawyers who are looking at that affidavit to look at it and then make their considered judgment as to whether it tells the true story. In my opinion, as I've said publicly, the warrant itself is really not the where the meat is. Where the meat is, is the affidavits that underlie the warrant. That is what the FBI told the magistrate judge in order to get this warrant. And there may have been more than one affidavit. And so uh, it is unclear to me that the DOJ is offering to unseal those. They don't usually unseal those until there is an indictment. And I think if the warrant tells an incomplete story, it may not be to the advantage of the Trump team to unseal it at this time. The whole story needs to be told. And I think that the DOJ, as you said in your intro, Brian, is really stumbling. They're playing defense. They're trying to do this the opposite way that it should be. In the Southern District of Florida, the normal procedure, as I understand from uh, criminal defense attorneys who practice there, is that this conversation is supposed to be had between the prosecution and the target of the subpoena in advance. And then you go to the judge and, and ask the judge after that discussion is had. Here, they flipped that order. They just went into court without having that conversation first, and the judge has ordered them to have that conversation. So without seeing it, I can't really say, but I do know that it seems like they're not telling the full story here. What brought us to this moment, and I just to qualify it, Newsweek has this story that Merrick Garland didn't sign off on this. They did it without his, his knowledge or without his blessing, didn't know exactly what was going to happen. Next thing you know, we hear about a press conference, and Harmeet, they're late. They're late to give, what, a seven-minute address without taking questions? What's the delay? I could, you could have ad-libbed, well, you or I could have ad-libbed this in our sleep. What, was, what is going on behind like, the scenes? It looked like a hostage video to me, Brian. Yeah. It was really bizarre. And, and frankly, even earlier today, you saw all of the uh, you know, allies of the administration, Sheldon Whitehouse, come out and say, oh, of course, this kind of thing would have been well below the scope of Merrick Garland. That's obviously nonsense. When you're raiding a former president's home, which is unprecedented, it had to come from the top. It did come from the top. And I think that the DOJ is in damage control mode here because if it really, when I first saw this news, I said, this has to be about something else. It can't be about presidential records because it is frankly ludicrous to go to this type of, you know, extreme tactics over some 18 month old stale documents that who, who cares? This, this, this librarian, head librarian of the National Archives is up in arms. He's upset that his documents aren't there. Where is his upset about Obama's 30 million pages of documents? Where is his upset about how Hillary Clinton treated uh, classified documents and on her server? This is a ridiculous premise for an FBI SWAT team of 30 FBI agents to go through for nine hours. It just doesn't add up. And so I still think that's what's happening here is that this raid was a pretext for a fishing expedition that has come up empty. And now they're trying to craft a different narrative to explain their outrageous behavior and their undermining of trust of the American people. I don't think anyone has to tell any viewer that President Trump hasn't been playing a perfect game. But I really challenge anyone who says he hasn't had a really good week. On Monday, this egregious activity, barring this doesn't go a different direction, which I don't think it is, especially after speaking to so many people on his team and hearing them worried about things in the past but not this. Then you think about the Southern District of New York and their, what, three-year investigation that produced nothing? And then they meet with the AG and his company's going exceedingly well? 
This might be one of the best weeks for Donald Trump, who suddenly has not only did he do perfect on the primary this week, but now he seems to have most of the party lining up behind him. Your final thought? Well, look, it might be a good thing politically, but I think it's a bad thing for the country to see the American Department of Justice and FBI act in this outrageous manner. Every American should be afraid that they can do this to you as well. And that is not a good place for this country to be. They need to stop. It's an embarrassment. I'm embarrassed for our country. And it's not just an, it's not it was bad enough that we have some 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 rigged election that got a dementia guy like Joe uh, quid pro Joe, a very corrupt 50 years in politics and never get, never even got a foreign policy issue right in 50 years. These people, the reason why they keep losing to Donald Trump is because Donald Trump built his career in the streets of New York City. Mm-hmm. And these people with their pins and their stupid suits sit around with their Ivy League degrees and have never run a damn thing in their life. They never ran a real business. They just suck off of the the taxpayer dollars of the American people. That's all they've done their entire career. Absolutely. I mean, and that and and that's and that's what and that's what you're continuing to see. And you're continuing to see. You know, as we've been saying over and over again, we've got people that that do not like Donald Trump. They didn't like him six years ago because he didn't fit into the swamps uh, model of what a presidential candidate should be. And they still feel threatened by him, and they're going to try to squash him in, in, in any way possible because he threatened. He doesn't. He threatens the system, and that's yeah. what they don't like about him. He threatens the system that everybody gets rich off of. Right. This is the Merrick Garland clip here. As soon as President Trump put out confirmation on Monday that the raid had been done and was underway, we immediately started seeing. Factions on the far right, neo-Nazis, white supremacists, militia organizers calling for violence as they always have done against Jews. The attorney general is Jewish. Merrick Garland also tried to tell us today that he has nothing to hide. That's why he announced the Department of Justice was moving to unseal the warrant used to raid Mar-a-Lago. Just now, the Justice Department has filed a motion in the Southern District of Florida to unseal a search warrant and property receipt relating to a court-approved search that the FBI conducted earlier this week. That search was of premises located in Florida belonging to the former president. All right. Yeah, crazy stuff, right? So he's not, he has to reveal the affidavit. Yeah. Okay, like I talked about, I think a good example is the Alexander Vindman. How did you get there? You know, it's one thing, you know, to say it, it's another, uh, you know, Alexander Vindman, when he was tested and when he was proven that he twisted words in the conversation, uh, very ever so slightly, but he did it and it made a difference. Just like changing a word did or did not, you know, yeah. it's it's 100 percent, 180 degree different. Um, you know, those are the things we're up against. Uh, there's a lot of other things that uh, we have going on right now. I wanted to play. Um, there's a lot of fundraising that w- opportunities yeah. from this. And one of the things that Donald Trump has done is he's put together a really, really great ad. 
And I wanted everybody to hear this. It's a super good ad. Although the visual is amazing, too. The visual is amazing. Um, but it's pretty good with the words, too. In decline. We are a failing nation. It's raining. We are a nation that has the highest inflation in over 40 years. Where the stock market just finished the worst first half of a year in more than five decades. We are a nation that has the highest energy cost in its history. And we are no longer energy independent or energy dominant, which we were just two short years ago. We are a nation that is begging Venezuela and Saudi Arabia for oil. We are a nation that surrendered in Afghanistan, leaving behind dead soldiers, American citizens, and $85 billion worth of the finest military equipment in the world. We are a nation that allowed Russia to devastate a country, Ukraine, killing hundreds of thousands of people, and it will only get worse. We are a nation that has weaponized its law enforcement against the opposing political party like never before. We've never seen anything like this. We are a nation that no longer has a free and fair press. Fake news is about all you get. We are a nation where free speech is no longer allowed, where crime is rampant like never before, where the economy has been collapsing, where more people died of COVID in 2021 than in 2020. We are a nation that is allowing Iran to build a massive nuclear weapon and China to use the trillions and trillions of dollars it's taken from the United States to build a military to rival our own. We are a nation that over the past two years is no longer respected or listened to all around the world. And we are a nation that is hostile to liberty and freedom and faith. We are a nation whose economy is floundering, whose stores are not stocked, whose deliveries are not coming, and whose educational system is ranked at the bottom of every list. We are a nation that in many ways has become a joke. But soon we will have greatness again. It was hardworking patriots like you who built this country, and it is hardworking patriots like you who are going to save our country. There's no mountain we cannot climb. There is no summit we cannot reach. There is no challenge we cannot beat. There is no victory we cannot have. We will not bend. We will not break. We will not yield ever, ever, ever. We will never give in. We will never give up. And we will never, ever back down. We will never let you down as long as we are confident and united. The tyrants we are fighting do not stand even a little chance. Because we are Americans, and Americans kneel to God and God alone. And it is time to start talking about greatness for our country again. And the best is yet to come. And uh, when he shifted from the doom and gloom 
to the promise of America. The music changed. The music changed, and it went from black and white mm-hmm. to color. Yes. Now, I know it was a, be- a beautifully done ad. I mean, again, you have to see it, too, but it's even... On, it's on Scott Adams' show. Uh, it's twitter.com slash Scott Adams' show. But you know you have to you have to see it. But you but to your point, um, once you've seen it the first time, hearing it, it's gonna uh, your your first impression is gonna stick with you because the music does a great job and the other sounds of helping you recall the the images. It, it it's be- it's wonderfully done. There's so, there's no doubt about it. So in San Francisco or in Brentwood, California, Larry Elder uh, posted this video of a sign that says Trump 2024 MAGA and it's on a string and it's a cardboard uh, poster and it spins around and the other side says F the F- FBI. Of course it doesn't, it, it doesn't have the uh, other characters uh, muted out. They're, they're present. What do you mean? Uh, it's got the words spelled out. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. F, F the FBI. It's, it's, you know, an example of alliteration. Yes. Yeah. All right, so there was this piece that was put out before the 2020 election that I wanted to share with you. I saw it, and I thought, wow, this is really, really good. And um, it, it's really about globalism and uh, what we're up against, what, what, this is, what this fight is really all about. It has some really great Trump clips uh, from when Trump was at Davos. And from when Trump gave his speech at the U.N., just a reminder as to why it is that George Soros is financing the DAs, why foreign foreign so-called allies, which are have become our adversaries to the American way of life, uh, want Trump out of the picture because Trump stands in the way of globalism. This is a global issue. What went on in 2020 was spearheaded and financed by outside governments that did not want America to go down the path of America first, but rather to engage in a globalist uh, agenda that would empower unelected officials to represent people on a greater scale in a way that's like a monopoly. And all all of the always that turns into a tyrannical style of leadership. So let's take a listen to this. This this clip was just absolutely stunning. There's one guy who's got the power to do something to stop it, and you know exactly where I'm going. And they made a mistake. They tried to get Trump on their side, so they invited Donald Trump to Davos, I think a couple of times. But in January, when Donald Trump, I think, really began to see the beast that he was up against, he went to Davos, yeah, to the World Economic Forum, and he stuck a mega finger in their eye. We're committed to conserving the majesty of God's creation and the natural beauty of our world. But to embrace the possibilities of tomorrow, we must reject the perennial prophets of doom and their predictions of the apocalypse. These alarmists always demand the same thing, absolute power to dominate, transform, and control every aspect of our lives. We will never let radical socialists destroy our economy, wreck our country. 
Two days after Donald Trump gave that speech, the 89-year-old leftist weirdo billionaire George Soros made an emergency intervention where, at Davos once again, warning that the U.S. 2020 election will determine the, quote, fate of the whole world. Now, in the context of Davos, take a look at this one more time. This is a month after Donald Trump addressed Davos and stuck the MAGA finger in their face. Here's what Francis, the Vatican, and Jeffrey Sachs had to say in response. And it is a dangerous country right now. It will be absolutely dangerous if Trump wins re-election. Trump wins re-election. Trump wins re-election. Francis invited this guy to the to the Amazon Senate as an honored guest and advisor. He's also Bernie Sanders' advisor. What's he doing in the Vatican? Why is this guy who is a promoter for socialist, out-and-out out socialist, Bernie Sanders, what's he doing advising the Pope? Why does he have entree to the Vatican, friends? Sachs supports abortion and contraception, but that's not a problem for the Vatican. For the Vatican, for Pope Francis, and for his friends at the UN, Donald Trump is the problem, obviously, friends. Clearly, I consider the Trump administration a danger to the world, but I regard it as a purely temporary phenomenon that will disappear in 2020. Do you get it? Do you see why there's so much hate for Trump? Because with all of his faults, again, he's the capitalist. He's not the globalist. He never will be one of them. Which is why he pulled the United States out of the Paris Climate Agreement. Donald Trump pulled the United States out of the World Health Organization. That's Bill Gates and company. And now he's threatening to pull the United States out of the World Trade Organization. People say, yeah, well, Donald Trump got married twice. He's a bad guy. Really? <laughs> he's right in the face of the demons on this, friends. Nobody ever said he was a saint. He's knocking the sacred cows of the United Nations down all over the world right now. The General Assembly routinely votes 185 against the United States on almost everything right now. And you remember, speaking of the United Nations, in November of 2019, again, right before COVID landed, Trump went to the UN on the floor of the General Assembly, and he declared war on globalism. Wise leaders always put the good of their own people and their own country first. The future does not belong to globalists. The future belongs to patriots. And shortly after the speech at the UN, Donald Trump delivered, what do you think happened? The coronavirus was unleashed on the world, and Trump's booming U.S. economy went on life support. Do you think that was an accident? So when they tell you, when they tell all of us, to stay home, wear your mask, so grandma doesn't get sick, please understand what's really going on here. They don't care about your grandmother. They don't care about old people, these people. They don't care about babies. They want them aborted so that they can save the common home. Abort babies, millions of them all over the world. They don't care about babies. They don't care about old people. In fact, if you want to save your grandma, tell the globalists to stay the hell away from her. You remember how some of them, like Cuomo and characters like this, were running COVID recovering patients through nursing homes? That's how much they care about grandma. And the name of the game now is to bring the United States economy to its knees, get it out of the way, so that everyone will want the Great Reset. 
make the new normal so intolerably abnormal that even you and I, maybe, you know, at some point in the near future, we'll be begging for the vaccines because we'll be driven crazy by that point. Begging for whatever else is going to keep us safe, according to our jailers and our handlers and our zookeepers. You see, that's what they want. That's why they keep using this term new normal. You know what we do to fight back? Go to work. Go back to school. If you're healthy, take off the mask. And for heaven's sake, go back to church and pray that Trump wins in November. That's what the reset was. That's what the Russia hoax was all about. That's what, that's what the, the uh, impeachment hoax was all about. Don't you see? For four years, I've been trying to stop this man because if he strengthens America, if he makes it great again, if he brings the economy back again, the reset won't happen. The new world order is going to be set way back. Who knows when they're going to have another COVID opportunity like this one again. And they know it. So ask yourselves why they hate this man. These folks, these men, they hate God. They hate the unborn. They hate the traditional family. They hate you. And they hate Donald Trump. Whose political opponents, by the way, right now are knocking statues of saints to the ground. They're beating up cops. And they're burning flags. <laughs> you say you don't like Trump. I'm sorry, friends, but who cares? That doesn't really matter anymore. But you think of Trump's personality or his tweets. Look at the big picture. The choice is simple, friends. The choice is simple. Yes. And that was pretty well that done. That was very well done. Yeah. Exactly. And and again, we you know, we're going back to the same thing that we we talked about while President Trump was in the White House is that he's not he's not anybody's husband other than Melania's and he's not anybody's priest. And the the, the point is he was elected to run the country and he did a wonderful job of running the country on just about every front. Who cares what he says on Twitter? Who uh, who cares, you know, about certain components of his communication style because there are many components of his communication style that are incredibly effective he never stopped the conversation about him i mean he's out of the office he's been out of the office for almost two years and he is still the most talked about person probably in the world oh absolutely i mean you know joe biden cannot hold a candle to Donald Trump in any respect. And the problem is when you juxtapose the Trump administration in terms of its actual effectiveness against the Biden administration, you know, Trump wins every time. And plus, Trump wins the personality race. Joe Biden at this point comes across as a doddering old guy, even though the two of them are not far off in age, who is disconnected from what's going on as being propped up to to make speeches and do things and being closely monitored. He, he's he's the man who has to be led away by the Easter Bunny. Right, right. And, uh, you know, like I said, I think that a lot of this. Uh, they were trying to damage Trump. Yep, I think this really backfired on him. It's going to help. It's going to it's going to make his supporters dig their feet in more. I yeah, mean, you know, that's, that's right. what's going to happen. And and I think that the timing was such. I think that their timing may have been thrown off by Ivana, but uh, she died passing. on the four, she died on the fourteenth of July and was buried on the twentieth of July. Yeah, so, so who, knows, who knows what the yeah. plans initially were? Yeah, but. The timing is seems to be pretty much fitting with if you wanted to sabotage or have a, like an October surprise uh, style thing happen, 
in the way in the lead up to Lisa Murkowski, who's tanking in the polls against Chewbacca mm-hmm. and uh, Kelly Chewbacca, yes. spelled with a T. Yes, I remember. Yeah, and then uh, in Alaska, and this is all going to happen August sixteenth, folks. Harriet Hegman maintains a twenty-nine point lead over Liz Cheney. Yeah. Before Tuesday's election. So former President Trump's endorsed, this is written by the Breitbart, uh, Harriet, endorsed Harriet Hagman has maintained her huge lead. I was just watching Fox and Friends today even. And on comes that Dick Cheney ad. (laughs) It's the scariest ad. The guy looks absolutely scary. The only thing I think of when I see his face staring at me with his cowboy hat on and it's in the middle of the summer in Wyoming, and he's wearing a fleece vest with an I just voted pin, which he didn't just vote, right? It looks so propped and staged. And why in the world is he wearing a hat and a fleece in the middle of August? And then, of course, you have the screen cuts to Liz, and she says, my name is Liz Cheney, and I approve this message. Well, of course you did. Your dad made it for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or rather, a- you ordered him to make it for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so now Lisa Murkowski, that that one is going to be a little bit closer. Now, this Lisa Murkowski, uh, she, she's underwater with Alaska GOP voters as primary nears. And it says establishment Senator Lisa Murkowski is underwater with Alaskan Republican voters, according to a Monday morning consult poll. Only 41 percent approved of which I think is a high number, really, mm-hmm. while 46% disapproved. And the polling comes as Murkowski, who is supported by... Okay, now get this. Lisa Murkowski, a rhino, is supported by Mitch McConnell, and she uh, hopes to... And, and, and says, who is supported by Senator McConnell, hopes to defeat Donald Trump-endorsed Kelly Chewbacca, in the August 16th Republican primary, in March polling, Murkowski trailed Chewbacca 45, 45.4 to 28.7. So she's been trailing Chewbacca. Murkowski's campaign has been flooded with donations from large political action groups. Murkowski ended the second quarter with $6.1 million in her campaign account. She's losing in the polls, and she's outspending and outfunding Chewbacca. Yeah, well, it'll be interesting so, to see what happens. With a second quarter raise of $1.7 million. In contrast, Chewbacca has $1.1 million on hand and raised about 585000 last quarter. Chewbacca's campaign has raised a total of $3.1 million. So McConnell, an ardent defender of the established order in Washington, D.C., is one of Murkowski has is one reason Murkowski has fundraised better than Chewbacca. It's important for Lisa to be reelected. She's one of the few sort of moderates. On the... Why would he want that? <laughs> she's one of the people when that go no to the other. On... She's one of the people that go to the other side on, yeah, on, on a number of things. And, and you know who else supports Murkowski? 
Tim Scott. Yeah, well, and you know, it's interesting you should bring that up because um, one of the things I'm working on right now is a review for the American Spectator of Tim Scott's uh, new book that's come out. So that'll probably be out in a few days. But you He's know what? South, not to be confused with Rick Scott, who I always confuse yeah, with. Yeah, yeah. Right? No, Tim to- Scott's from South two Carolina. Two totally different people. But there's a very interesting point that I do want to make, which I did not know of until very recently about Tim Scott. He's been declaring upside down on sun- Sunday that he is not running for president in 2022 but the book the one that i am no, no, no. Reviewing, 2024 uh, i'm sorry 2024 but it on the copyright of the book it basically says on the page it says it, it bur- buried in all the copyright information it says this is the story of a rising star who uh, uh, who's who will be announcing his presidential bid it literally says Senator Scott is a ri- as a ri- is a rising star who seeks and understands the importance of well, bipartisan. Who cares? He'll so, never co- he'll never get more than five percent. No, of the no. Vote. But I think it's very funny that he said over and over again yeah. that he's not running for president. Yeah. But it's actually on the copyright page of his book. <laughs> right. Right. Well, yeah. It's doublespeak. He's a typical politician. He's a South Carolina senator. Well, he's an interesting and guy. He's just a tip. A tad better than Lindsey Graham. Well, like I said, stay tuned for my review because it's uh, it's a, I have some interesting observations. So the the review will be um, posted in a few days on Spectator dot org yeah. under Leon Arcavoto. So so he supports he out, outwardly supported uh, against President Trump. Um, he supports he supports Lisa Murkowski in her run against uh, this is the establishment elite. Basically, just throwing Lisa Murkowski, an establishment rhino, uh, a bone, and you you got to wonder what the heck is going on in South Carolina. You know, it's supposed to be a red state, yet they seem to be producing senators that uh, are, you know, rhinos <laughs> that, that are uh, you know not fully supporting the America First agenda. I don't quite understand it. Uh, here's his take, though. Uh, Tim Scott's take on the raid, and here he supports Trump, but on the, on the, on the other side of his mouth, he's supporting Lisa Murkowski. Republican Senator Tim Scott told CNN Wednesday that the FBI search doesn't make sense if negotiations were continuing. I can't imagine them finding a smoking gun in the midst of what they're looking for through the Presidential Records Act. If it's only about presidential, the Presidential Record Act, that is a dangerous precedent to you, set going you, forward. The FBI raid has boosted voter enthusiasm among Republicans and independents, according to a new poll by the Trafalgar Group. It found that over 83 percent of GOP voters and nearly 72 percent of independents say they're more motivated to vote in November. Jessica Beatty, NTD News. The Inflation Reduction Act will soon get a vote in the House, but Democrats and Republicans are divided over its effects. We hear from a policy expert to get his take on the bill. Oh, the Inflation Reduction we're out, we're out of time. <laughs> yeah, I was going to run that. I didn't hear the exit. Yeah. Oh, wow. We're okay, plumb so out of time. We are plumb out of time, folks. Uh, that, that was a miscalculation on my part. Um, well, that brings us to the end of the Scott Adams Show. Be sure to check out magapack.org to find out how we're advancing America First policies. Use Red State as your promo code over at mypillow.com. And with that, my name's Scott Adams. My name is Leonor Cravetta. And we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody. I'm from a small town in Tennessee, a long way from the suits in D.C. 
but close enough now to see this mess. Where I stand, the mound's getting steeper. I grab a shovel, dig the hole a little deeper, just to bury my kids right up to there. 